It's not a question of being in control. It's a question of working with people who have the same ideas that I have, who are sympathetic to my ideas. I don't want to work with someone who just agrees with everything I do. I want to work with someone who has ideas that I am interested in. So we collaborate on things together. Um, and I'm the most happy when I feel that it is the closest to the truth or the closest to what I want to say. But very often, um, other people, Nellie Hooper influenced me with a lot of his ideas, um, and that's why I chose to work with him, because I like his style, I like his taste in things, I like the way he looks at life, and those are the kind of people that I want to work with. You're listening to MLBC, the Madonna podcast, the place where we crave all things Madonna, Louise, Veronica, Ciccone. Hey guys, this is Tony, and love don't live here anymore. What's going on, Stefan? Hey, Tony, what's going on? I, uh, listeners, I apologize yet again for robotic voice, Stefan. I am still traveling. Uh, I am on the La Isla Bonita of Spain, the island of Mallorca. It's finally gorgeous weather. I'm a golden brown. I would I would make Madonna look whiter than she normally would, like normally than she does. In other words, Stefan is apologizing for being on an exotic vacation while I'm in New York sweltering in 80 degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I um, my my hotel is not the swankiest of places. It's close to a beach, but uh, it kind of it it needs a little love. And every night I've been here, they have. They do these little performances down in the like the lounge area. So I've basically gotten a preview of the Madame X tour. Um, <laughs> I will if if my Wi-Fi allows me, because the Wi-Fi on the island has been atrocious. If the Wi-Fi allows me to upload the video clip, I will upload the uh, video clip of Bambaleo that was being <laughs> performed last night that I happened to catch. And um, you can check it out, listeners, on the. MLVC podcast Instagram account at MLVC, at MLVC podcast because we barely have any list, uh, any followers on Instagram. So yeah, let, let's get <laughs> that's, let's get those followers in there, guys. Yeah, that's that's my plug for you to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your neighbors. So yeah, well, there's a hey, there's a there's a great clip of Bombaleo coming, and you don't want to miss that. <laughs> so speaking of videos, Crave premiered last week, and it's. So good. So good. It was some, one of our, speaking of Instagram, one of our followers on Instagram uh, actually messaged me and, or messaged us, and I responded, uh, saying it reminded him of Borderline from early Madonna. And I thought, that's a really good comparison, sort of like in in the way that the song is, you know, a little bit about a relationship and a bit of tug and pull. And uh, it just, I thought, it, I thought it was very fitting, but. It reminded me of the secret video because of its urban setting, the black and white of it all. Mm-hmm. And how it was a story that started one way and ended a different way. It, it's just beautiful. It was directed by Nuno Chico, who has been editing videos for Madonna for a while, but this is his like debut as, as a director with her. And, I can't say enough about it. I, I think it's it's the beautiful cinematography. As I said, it's in black and white. And she looks great. I only see the eye patch maybe three or four times, which is like heaven on earth for me. <laughs> she she looks amazing. She's dancing. Her hair is long and blonde. Her makeup. I Please take over because I, I just could talk about this all day long. 
<laughs> no, I I agree with you. I thought that she hit it, knocked it out of the park with this one, and good for uh, the director. He, I had seen that he was the one who directed it for what's his name again? Nuno Chico. Yes, he's never gonna want for work ever again after that because it was. I mean, what I liked about it was it was sort of simple in concept, but. Mm-hmm the execution of it was really well done. You know, I mean, they had those aerial shots. Uh, they had the I pigeons, the lighting, the pigeons, the uh, homing like the pigeons. Yeah. Yeah. I like the metaphor of the pigeons there. Um, I actually, and I think one of the best things about it was seeing the behind the scenes footage as well on her Instagram that she was sort of like posting some of those, like her holding the pigeon and the woman, I think she had asked, like, when, when is the pigeon going to go to the bathroom? And the the woman was the the train the pigeon trainer was like, anytime at once. <laughs> <laughs> and just like seeing her and hearing her say she wanted messy '80s hair, and I was like, yes, yes absolutely, and please more. She of that. should do. She should do more of that. <laughs> Madame X tour should yeah. be all about messy '80s hair, long blonde. Yes. I know. I. Uh, I just loved it. I thought she looked really great. I liked how simple, like, and again, I used the word simple in terms of things weren't overcomplicated, not as in they're basic simple, but it was just like, there was a lot of good going on in the, in everything that was happening. Madonna's dancing, her outfits, her styling, her hair, her makeup, the, uh, my, and of course I, I caveat that now. My only thing was I actually didn't quite, get the like relationship aspect of it. I, I just felt like she would have gone after somebody maybe a little older and uh, a little, uh, well, that's I don't pro- know. That's, I just, yeah, that's probably why they were never in the same shot together. So true. Yeah. I did like the little, um, electric spark coming out of her fingers at the very end. Yeah. That's the magic that she's been talking about for about a year. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this video was number one on iTunes videos. Uh, I'm not sure for how long, but uh, definitely over the weekend when I checked in. So I'm glad that people are seeing it. And you're absolutely right about Madonna needing to be a little bit more simple. I've been telling her for years that if you just follow Coco Chanel's advice and take one thing off before you leave the house, that's where her most successful work comes from when it's kind of like laid bare, um, not layered with like all this artifice or special effects or even vocoding or I don't know. It just, when it's simple, it works and it just lets people and fans just see her for who she is. And the message gets across much stronger. I think. Totally. I I 100% am there with you on that. I think that she like with the billboard awards, had she not had those, holograms Mm -hmm. i think the performance would have been stronger yeah um i mean i think with the medellin video with maluma having all the bells and whistles you know she was sort of coming out of the gate full force and i thought it worked in that respect but i like that it was a little bit more dialed back with crave the video and how it had an intimacy to it i mean I would have killed to have been one of those people in the apartments across the street from wherever she was filming in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, how amazing would that have been? Like, you're up getting coffee in the morning, and there's Madonna dancing across the way on, you know, on a rooftop. They're like, oh, there she is again. 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do think she, I mean, some of her strongest tour performances that I've loved and, you know, have been her dancing on stage by herself, you know, like mm-hmm. nobody knows me. Um, Let it will be. Yeah. Like when she was just like letting it all out. And there's a lot of times when like, well, like a virgin at the rebel heart tour, you know, like people love her and they love to sort of like see her do her thing, which is, uh, you know, part of the reason why I think, and we will definitely get to this in a minute, why some of her collaborations and the onslaught of them in the more latter half of her career so far have sort of started irritating people a little bit more. Wait, are we going to talk in depth about her collaborations? Oh, yes, we will. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. But, you know, you had mentioned earlier her Instagram stories. They've been really good the last couple of weeks, right? Yes. Before we get to the collaborations, yeah, I think we should do do, do a little bit of a deep dive as to what's going on. I'm curious if she's if she if her team is managing her Instagram stories, because there is still a little bit of like sometimes there's spelling errors. Maybe that's on Mm -hmm. purpose. You know, like maybe her creative team is like, we'll just spell a couple things wrong so that people think it's her. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a combination of her Instagram along with a staff, a team working on it as well. Because, you know, album promotion has changed. It's not about like, you know, going on MTV and doing in a half hour special. I mean, even though she did that, that's very rare these days. So Instagram is going to be her big way of promoting this album as she's shown us. So I, I have a feeling that there's like an A&R team that's working on these, you know, and there's a strategist involved because it's, it's very seamless. It's, it's very well done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that was the thing I had been sort of wanting for her to do for the longest time. I was like, please someone take the reins on her Instagram account and let's, let's, let's just tidy it up a little bit. And I was, uh, I was t- texting with my friend Rob saying, I'm so happy with her Instagram lately. And like, we haven't seen the twins in ages, and lo and behold, <laughs> there they are. Oh, open my mouth, and then today, what do I see? Is just an onslaught of the twins. Well, and, she she's back in Lisbon right now. You can tell because it's all about the kids, and you know, all about Lisbon. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the the kids that are still allowing her to mm-hmm. do those type of things. Yeah. The, the 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 original two have flown the coop and refused to. You know, they're like, "Mom, you're not putting us on your Instagram. We're not sending you any videos. We don't want that." Well, I just saw Lola Leon on her father's Instagram. You have to check it out. It's kind of funny. Oh, I did. Yeah. He's, he's Carlos is looking so rough lately. What? He was such a beautiful man and and then um, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, age was has not been kind to him. Mm-hmm. So the press has listened to the Madame X album. Uh, there was a listening event in London last week and everyone seems everyone that you know, they're under embargo. They're not allowed to talk about the album until after June 1st. But people were kind of dropping hints that it works better as a cohesive work. It's, you know, something you have to start at the beginning and, you know, take it all the way through. I suspect it as much because, I don't know, I feel like listening to it in segments takes me out of of the main idea. Uh, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was very happy to, to hear those little sneaks like little snippets of reviews from those people who you know obviously the full 
review is forthcoming, but what they did manage to say was the best is yet to come. Uh, so those of you listening who have sort of riled up your feelings with anger over Madonna's current offerings to us, those four songs I think will make much more sense and will feel a little bit better. And again, I've not listened to this album, so, uh, you know, maybe Guy Osiri, if you're listening next time, you can invite the MLVC podcast to the listening party and then we'll be able to chime in with our listeners and <laughs> assuage them that they'll have the best is, is yet to come. But I do. I mean, I think that it's a strange strategy in my mind that she would release subpar songs and save the best for the album release because you'd think you'd want to have the stunning tracks attract people, but who knows? I, 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 I refuse to and try and interpret what's going on in Madonna's mind, but I think that songs that she's given us so far are solid songs. I just think people are wanting less collaborations, more Madonna, and they want that anthemic Madonna song that I still feel like those four songs are not. I mean, Crave gets stuck in my head. Uh, Future gets stuck in my head. I had Cha 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 stuck in my head for a while. But the uh, those, I you know, they want the Like a Prayer anthemic song, and it's just not there yet. So I'm hoping that... Oh, so one of the things that the, the press did mention, though, is... Uh, so Killers Who Are Partying is not a throwdown dance song. It's apparently mid-tempo disco, which <laughs> reminds me of like dance more than tonight. a woman from the more than a woman from the Bee Gees, you know, like a little bit more of a of a smooth disco track as opposed to um, you know, we'll be dancing from the from the Bee Gees type of thing. So it's not like hands in the air dance. Yeah, it's but probably they, like dance tonight from Hard Candy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um the but they did say the one I was some Africa was one of the reviewers and people were like drilling him with questions uh once he said he heard it. And one of the things he did answer was that God control is the throwdown dance song. So oh. that was a surprise for me to hear. But I was like, well at least there's one big throwdown dance song, uh, which is all I'm which is all I'm asking for. I just want the one. I just want that one song. Yeah, but... Give it to me. Back to what you were saying, though, about, you know, people being confused or upset about how the songs are coming out. I I mean, I have to admit that for about three weeks, I was really angry, pissed off, perplexed. Uh, I felt lost, you know? Mm. (laughs) And, you know, now I can't get craved... You know, I can't get Crave out of my head. It's it's a really good song. It's 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 a solid pop song, and that's what Madonna's good at doing. So I I want more songs like Crave, not sounding like them, but you know, songs that like get in your head and make you think after you've heard them several times. That being said, I've already forgotten about Future. I don't I, I don't know her. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yes, I, I think to me, future would have been like if she had released Illuminati as a single or a, a, as like a, well, I guess she sort of did. I mean, when Rebel Heart, when we got that little six song mini EP thing, I mean, you know, Living for Love was on there. And I think the the biggest 
surprise out of that little mini EP was Ghost Town. Yeah. I mean, the rest of that we had sort of heard in demo form, but none of those songs other than Ghost Town was I like, oh, great. I'm so happy these are the songs we got. You know, like it wasn't mm. like, I mean, I listened to them on repeat still because it was new Madonna, but um, it wasn't Ghost Town. You know, like none of, not all of them were Ghost Town. So I, I am hopeful about the rest of the album. I mean, we've got so many songs. Uh, there's like 18 total tracks with like deluxe versions, Japanese versions, all the different versions that we're getting. You know, there's like 18 tracks or something like that. And I think, you know, once we hear them in order in the, you know, with the rest of the, the, the album and all of the other songs that people will be happy or they should be happy. Yeah. Listen, you should be happy. You should be happy, people. Listen, you can't say that she repeats herself because not one of these songs sounds like the other and none of them song, sound, songs sound anything like Rebel Heart. Not even close. It's, it's, like, yeah. it's like a different artist. So, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. Another thing is that the remixes for Medellin came out there uh, by Offernism. I that kind of music hurts my ears, even if it's Madonna. Oh, I haven't listened. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm 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 on the island, and <laughs> life is sort of escaping me right now. I'm, I'm not really sure. So, there are they on like Spotify and iTunes? And yeah, whatnot? yeah, they're official. They're they're out there. Oh, okay. Well, I, well, I'm assuming they're just like any other remix. You know, it's well, are they better or different than the other remixes for Medellin that were out? Well, it's Offernism, who's been doing Madonna remixes for the last maybe three or... No, since Hard Candy, I would say. And it's, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very uh, trance, you know, rave in Israel, very intense, you know, white party kind of stuff. And, and, and people have love you that. Been to a, Tony, have you been to a rave in Israel? No, but I know people that have. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just getting a, a visual of you dancing with like a sweatband headband type of thing like a rainbow headband or something not like uh, apparently cracked they out ex- cracked out on ecstasy <laughs> with like glow sticks not me not not this decade but apparently <laughs> they throw it down in tel aviv they really know how to do it and they love that trance music and it's great but i i can't really get into it to me i'm one of those old guys that's like it all sounds the same but um you know <laughs> if, if you want a nine minute madonna remix that you can like you know, lose yourself in and pretend that you're at a uh, circuit party. That's, that's the one for you guys. Well, sign me up. I am <laughs> going to finish recording this podcast and listen to that immediately. On, I'm just going to listen to it on the beach. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I think there's two versions that have been released to iTunes. They are official, as I mentioned. I'm curious as to why they weren't all fast-tracked sooner, though. That's, uh, again, I know I always go back to this, but I often wonder what her people's plans are. I mean, I know that there's no way that we'd ever get privy to that information, but, like, why the hell weren't they all released when the single was released? You know, like, to me, in my mind, I get that they're trying to give a little bit of breathing room to the album version, but you'd think the more madonna you have being pushed out into the random venues because the album version of medellin is not getting played in the clubs no so why why not pull like release the album version the video 
and the club mixes all in the same day. And then that way everyone could have a whole lot of fun with whatever version they want. I just, I don't understand why you would now, I mean, they've released a second single and remixes for the first single. It just seems counterintuitive. Like now we should be getting Crave and Crave remixes. Yeah. Don't, as don't, opposed to... Don't you feel like the 12-inch remixes came out the same day as the single release? Um, I don't, we, we don't really get that anymore. And uh, to be honest, I haven't paid attention to Manana remixes since Hard Candy because they've been very alienating, I would say. They're just kind of all over the place. They feel like cash-ins, more, uh, less collaborate, collaborative. I enjoy the remixes. I just think that some of them haven't been as great as previous remixes, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I, always de- I always default to the Shep Pettibone remixes that she had of Like a Prayer and uh, Express Yourself. I mean, those were amazing remixes. They were almost like a deconstruction of the song where it's, it's almost an additional version. It's, not, it's, it's as if somebody reproduced the album version into a dancier version. Yeah. You know, they just deconstructed it and made it amazing. That's kind of what I always want from uh, a news. I would say probably her last great remix that I mean, sorry, this is my opinion, not just in general, but was the Avicii remix of Girl Gone Wild. I thought that remix, again, it was as if Avicii took her song and reproduced it into his sound and I loved that remix, and yeah, I, I just feel like that's what she's sort of been missing. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. That was probably the last good remix. Um, I was thinking specifically about Ghost Town that had like maybe 10 remix versions, and none of them were good because the vocals did not match any of the music that was going on in any of these particular remixes. And it just felt disjointed and... You know, I, I go back to the 90s where Madonna was working with David Morales and Junior Vasquez and um, Massive Attack. And all these, you know, people were taking and deconstructing her songs and turning them into, you know, even better songs at some points, you know. Uh, I know there was an Orbital remix of uh, Bedtime Story that's just, like, legendary. We should definitely do a madonna remix podcast at some point oh absolutely yeah i could talk about that for hours let's 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 bookmark <laughs> that because I, I can definitely groove i can definitely groove on doing mm-hmm. that research right now i mean it's a perfect segue into talking about her collaboration since a remix is a type of collaboration it's just um a, you know an interpretation of the song for a different genre which you know but yeah madonna's been known for her collaborations mostly in the second half of her career. Uh, I feel like in her first few albums, she didn't really have any, you know, features or, uh, you know, outside of working with her producers. But um, yeah, what do you think, Stefan? Where, where, where do you think this all started for her? Well, as I was looking back in preparation for us talking about this today, I did notice that for the first couple of albums, there were no Madonna collaborations at all. If you look at her first, you know, her self-titled album, if you look at Like a Virgin, mm-hmm. True Blue, who's that? I mean, who's that girl? Isn't really real. It's a, that's a soundtrack album. But all of those albums are just her. It's her singing songs and that's it. And I feel like maybe that was intentional because they wanted to just sort of 
establish her as an, an artist uh, on her own and not have people think, oh, she's building this with somebody else or she needs that person to help elevate her status. You know, it was, I hope maybe that was her doing that. Maybe that was her manager, Freddie DeMann at the time. Who knows? But it was, it seemed like it was a very conscientious, conscientious, <laughs> conscientious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I can't speak today. Uh, it was a hard decision that they had made. Uh, you know, they were like, we're not going to have her do any duets or collaborations. I mean, because I think collaborations is probably a new term now. You know, back in the day, it would have been a duet with Madonna. Yeah. But even I though around, yeah, even though around that time, though, you're, you're right. I mean, her label was very strict about what she did and who she did it with, but she was also collaborating outside of that. I mean, we can go back, get back into that afterward, but you know, during the time of, uh, before her first album through true, you know, through like a prayer, she was doing some things outside of her, um, her albums with other artists, but like, you know, we'll, we'll get back. Right. And I think that, right. And I think we should let's, so let's for, for our listeners sake, Let's do uh, an overview of all of the Madonna collaborations on Madonna's albums, and then we can sort of go back and sort of pick off, cherry pick the 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 collaborations that she did right for other people. Because I do definitely think that that, her starting in her career, she didn't have collaborations on her initial albums because they didn't want to sort of like blur the lines. But I think her collaborations with other people on their albums was a way to get her out there. And one, I mean, obviously get her paid and two, sort of like have some credentials for her that she like, Oh yeah, she did backing vocals on this. And did or that. or know, she like, wrote that just... song or yeah. Right. But I think in terms of like her albums, you know, and at, at the end of the day, when, when you look at um, her, I mean, her first co- quote unquote collaboration, um, it appears with Prince on the Like a Prayer album, uh, wonderful song, love song, which I love. I've always loved that song. I thought that hearing her and Prince sing together was kind of fun. It was this weird sort of little relationship song of them going back and forth and her speaking French and Prince not understanding her. And it was kind of just funny and weird and uh, beautiful to hear them together. It's a shame that we never got a video for that because to be able to see Madonna and Prince interacting together would have been fantastic. But well, um, you know the story behind that, don't you? Uh, she went to Minneapolis in the dead of winter to meet him and talk about working together. And she was supposed to stay for a week and they were supposed to complete the, the single. It was going to be a single at that point. And she couldn't handle the cold. She just couldn't deal with it. <laughs> so she went back to L.A., and they each recorded their tracks separately, and they would mail it back and forth until it was finished. Mm. So well, that makes sense. But you'd think from a girl coming from Michigan, she'd be able to tolerate the cold a little bit. She lived in New York, and she was poor. I mean, she had to have been cold. But maybe now she'd been in Malibu for all this time, and she's like, I'm freezing. i got to get back. Right. I can't, I can't do this. I'm, yeah. I'm, over the, I'm over the cold, Prince. I have to leave. <laughs> mail me the single. And, but I, well, and what's funny is just to sort of like, like show how unimportant collaborations were at that time. They don't even credit Prince 
in the title on the album. You know, no. like it's not it's not love song featuring Prince. It's just love song. And if you look in the liner notes, Prince is mentioned. But yeah. otherwise, it's not like Madonna featuring Prince on Like a Prayer. They, that wasn't part of their marketing hook. You know, no. same. I mean, same thing. If you look at um, Justify My Love. Justify My Love featuring, featuring. Lenny Kravitz. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you had to know Lenny Kravitz was on the track. That's just, you know, like, I guess they they wanted to make us work a little bit harder back in the late 80s and early 90s. Right. Um, you Prince know. played the guitar on Like a Prayer, uh, Keep It Together, and in Act Contrition. And that's also not widely known unless you actually look at the liner notes, as you mentioned. Well, I assume our listeners probably know that information. I, I, I like to think our listeners are, are, are smart cookies. I think, they knew, I think they know everything we're saying. But uh, if, if <laughs> hey, if, if, we're, if, if, if we don't know something, I want you guys to tell us. Like, for example, there was a video by a band or an artist in the early 80s that I used to watch on MTV all the time. It must have been like 83 or 84. And in the beginning of the video, it's like people are lining up for an audition and Madonna is one of those people and she gets on the phone. And I can't for the life of me find out who whose video that is. And, you know, she was in that whole Lucky Star getup. So it was that era and it was that scrappy Madonna time. So if anyone knows who made that video and what it's called hey let us know was she was just an extra in somebody's video no she was like a featured extra because i think she'd already had like the first album out there was a little bit of like recognition like wink 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 nudge kind of thing but really yeah and i it was i just remember it was during that whole time of lucky star borderline when she was all over MTV and it huh. was, it was, it was like a whole New York thing where she's, you know, they're auditioning for a song and she's on the phone, like on a pay phone. And then, yeah, it, I don't know, maybe, no, I know I didn't imagine this, but if anyone knows what it is, please let me know. So I don't Are you go sure crazy. you just weren't like cracked out at that Israeli rave and you were confusing it with the borderline video? No, because I was like eight or nine. <laughs> Tony, who knows when you started your cracked out as really raving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so then, you know, so those were sort of like Madonna's, you know, love song and then Justify My Love. Those, I'm not counting the I'm Breathless album and collaborations because obviously if she did a soundtrack, or, you know, song or something, I'm not also, I won't be counting Evita either. But obviously those are like duets and whatnot with, you know, Mandy Patinkin and, you know. Warren Beatty. Yeah, Warren Beatty. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm sort of thinking more of like strict Madonna albums that, you know, like those were sort of like her first foray. Um, you know, we got a little bit of stuff on Bedtime Stories uh, with um, I'd Rather Be Your Lover, who I love that that was originally meant to be. Uh, her duetting with Tupac. And, no, it and, was. Uh, Have you heard it on YouTube? It's pretty good. Well, I did. No, I mean, I did hear that, but I love that, like, the album version ended up being Michelle Nadeggio cello because yeah. they wanted to get, like... A Maverick artist. Oh, let's get a, let's get a Maverick artist, right? <laughs> she's amazing. Then, she's really good. I've seen her Yeah, she's great. Um, and then, of course, Take a Bow with Babyface. And I, I will also sort of... Although there was no vocals, I will say Bedtime Story written by Bjork and Nellie Hooper is sort of... 
you know, a little bit of a technical collaboration, but don't forget um, forbidden love with Babyface. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. He's I mean, true. I, I mean, I guess I, he has more of a presence on take a bow than forbidden love or it's not as prominent. I don't feel in forbidden love, but he's there. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, you seem to, but you seem to have forgotten a very important collaboration from the Erotica album. It's Did You Do It featuring Mark Goodman and Dave Murphy. <laughs> well, so I, I, <laughs> I, I love that. I, I remember hearing that on the album and being like, what is this? What, what's happening here? I'll tell you what I it is. It. It's I, Madonna I love- asking her two sound technicians to rap while she goes into the other room. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's great. I mean, I love that she ended up throwing that on there and um, it's funny and whatnot, but I, yeah, true. I, I, I purposefully left that out because <laughs> I don't, well, because that's technically, that's not even, I don't view that as a collaboration because it's, I mean, they just sampled her vocals from the, I mean, it's her, they used her song that they were working on with her and it's, but it's them rapping. It's not like a, she's singing and they're rapping type of collaboration, which is why I left that out. But, um, but what I did want to say, um, so up until bedtime story, all of those collaborations or duets or whatever you want to refer to them as, to me, I felt those all made sense. They all seemed natural and organic, not forced. They seemed very like it wasn't abrupt when you were listening to the album it wasn't just like all of a sudden who's this person singing with madonna why is this person singing with madonna um it just it it fit it fit in the vibe it didn't come out of left field and and then luckily or just i strangely we didn't have any any uh collaborations between the four after uh, bedtime stories, but before hard candy. So nothing on Ray of Light, nothing on music, American Life, or Confessions. I do realize that there was a Ricky Martin collaboration that went on his album around the Ray of Light time. But we'll get to that. But we will get to that. But yeah, on her album proper, Ray of Light, Music, American Life, and Confessions, there were no duets and collaborations, right? I'm No, there weren't. I'm, I'm not wrong? Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, I went through all those albums, and I'm like, no, there's nothing. Um, she then made up for it <laughs> by basically the entire Hard Candy album I'm going to count as a collaboration, because I think every single song, yeah, it's either her and Timbaland and Justin Timberlake, or her and Pharrell, and I think Kanye West makes an appearance on one of the tracks, but it's like, basically... Every single song on that album is a collaboration song. It's a melange, if you will. Even Wendy Melvoin from The Revolution of Prince and the Revolution fame makes an appearance. Oh, yes. yes. Wendy. <laughs> um, so what, which one do you like the best of all those collaborations from the beginning to the end of that album? <laughs> on Hard Candy? Yeah. I... Mm, uh, it's, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so many on hard candy. I mean, I like the album. Yeah. I it's do not too. one of my, it's not one of my most played Madonna albums, but every now and again, when I'm feeling a little crunchy, I'll, I'll go back and, and listen to hard candy. And, um, I mean, I guess I'll say beat goes on just because I love, I've always loved that song, even though I'm not 
a very big Kanye fan, but, and I like the Pharrell stuff. I mean, who doesn't like Pharrell? You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. The Pharrell stuff is great because, you know, he, he makes it his and he invites Madonna to join him. And I love, I love how that sounds. I really love uh, The Devil Wouldn't Recognize You and mm-hmm. and Dance Tonight, which are both uh, Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. But what I like about those two songs is that it's Justin Timberlake dialed down and told to behave. We don't, mm-hmm. ha- we don't have him taking over the song, which is very, very nice. Uh, you know, not unlike Four Minutes, which sounds like Justin Timberlake featuring Madonna, wouldn't you say? Well, that's my biggest problem has always been with Hard Candy is that it does not sound like a Madonna album. It sounds like Madonna guesting on Timbaland and Justin Timberlake's album. And uh, she's just sort of like makes appearances here or there. Sort of the same way people are complaining about Medellin with Maluma, where it's like, it's not a Madonna song. It's a Maluma song with Madonna on it. That's sort of like uh, they're not as 1920s talk as I just made them sound. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, uh, well, hey, why don't you come upstairs and I'll see you sometime. They're not like that at all, but it's sort of, <laughs> they're still, they're still yeah. complaining. Yeah, it's like the, the, the two old guys in the balcony on The Muppet Show, you know, that's... that's Statler and Waldorf, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Hard Candy, you're, you're right. It was like, it should have just been called Featuring Madonna, and that would have been mm. a great album title, but... Yeah, it was, a, it was just a little too much. I just felt like the onslaught of... Um, but unfortunately, Hard Candy was... The gateway drug. (laughs) Correct. It just, the floodgates opened with hard candy and we have never gone back. Ever. The waters have, the waters have not dried up. We are, uh, we are drowning in Madonna collaborations from hard candy on. It seems Um, that she has separation anxiety from just having anyone, you know, leave the studio. And she's like, no, look, I need somebody in here. Get somebody in here. So that's what Uh, I'm You know what? I think it, I think what it could be is she misses Donna and Nikki. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, her little girl group, you know, they sort of like, they they got broken up because I don't believe any of either of them were from Hard Candy on, were they? Were they on Sick and Sweet? I'm gonna have to look back. I'm such a no. They, people, they were. Please, I I apologize for not knowing my <laughs> my Madonna facts um, as as hard as I should, um, but um, I just feel like that's sort of she misses that dynamic, and she, I think she just wants to have people in the studios with her, or and or. I do think her management uh, slash record labels mm-hmm. are also telling her, hey, uh, we stay current, stay we, current, we think, stay current. Yeah, we think this would be a good idea for you now that you're aging to attach yourself to a younger artist and have them featured on your album and maybe the radio will play you. I, I still don't think that's working yeah. if that's the plan, but um, that's definitely, I mean, because if you go into, Let's look at MDNA. You know, we have the, the lead single with two features, Nicki Minaj and MIA on Give Me All Your Lovin'. Um, and then they both sort of, because she had them in the studio already, she's like, do something else. Do my, <laughs> do my eyebrows. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do that, but I, I knew we were going to go there as soon as I said that. Listen, Stefan, it's going to come up, okay? It's good. Yeah, I went to podcast. I actually don't think we mentioned it last week, did we? <laughs> I think I think I think we I think we if we we got through an entire podcast without doing your eyebrows. Um, but yeah, so then she had them, you know, Nicki Minaj do uh, I don't I, give uh, another rap on I don't give a and MIA on birthday song. I kind of feel like I don't give a was far more successful for Nicki than B-Day song was for MIA because uh, I don't give a sort of had a bit of a 
1987 Madonna feel, if you yeah. will. If you listen to that song, it sort of sounds very like it could have plopped into 1987 very, very well. Like it, it would have been in like take off that Scritti Politti song on the Who's That Girl soundtrack and put <laughs> I Don't Give Up on it instead. And that would be perfect. I love um, Best Thing Ever. You take off the, uh, <laughs> take off another song, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, what's that, 24 Hours? 20, oh, I hate 24 Hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get rid of that and throw that in there. But that's a catchy song. I mean, I that, I was always listening to that soundtrack in 87. I'd like- and I was... I was furious we didn't have more Madonna songs on that soundtrack. Oh, I'm still mad about that. And I'm still mad about the low-quality recording of uh, Look of Love, which doesn't sound good uh, anywhere. What were they thinking? No. Such a great song, though. Amazing. But I still... I, I One thing... But If I ever meet Madonna, one thing I would always say I'd ask her is, what did you mean, and I don't give a... By Baby Jesus on the Stairs. Oh, she's doing the prayer. It's the like the Catholic prayer. I think that's why she's saying baby Jesus on the stairs. It's she's saying a prayer to baby Jesus. Okay. All right. That's still not clear. I, that's, for what me, I, but... that's what I always assumed. That's what I always assumed it was. Um, Listeners, if you know, call me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but then we also had, I mean, I, well, we could, you know, she did a little song with Lil Wayne uh, on the, for the celebration, uh, Dual album, um, dual album with Revolver. Um, obviously, Rebel Heart had a plethora of um, collaborations with Bitch and Madonna, again with Nicki Minaj. You know, Chance the Rapper was on Iconic. Nas was on Veni Vidi Vici. Uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, right, Mike Tyson <laughs> was on Iconic. Um, and then obviously, you know, coming up to speed on Madame X, the songs we have heard, Medellin with Maluma, Crave with Fei Li, Future with Quavo, there's Soltera with Maluma, even though that's on his album, that was definitely done at the same recording session that she did in Medellin. Yeah. Bitch, I'm Loca, which we haven't heard yet. And then... There's a song uh, with Anita on it, the Brazilian. Yeah, Faz Gostoso is coming up. So those are like all of her collaborations that have been on her albums. Um Tony, which which collaboration from all of those would you say would be your favorite? Do you I, have a favorite collaboration? Yeah, I mean, out of all of those, I I think it's the Babyface stuff that she did. I like Forbidden Love a lot. I love that very much. And Take a Bow. You know, when it first came out, I was upset that out of all the songs on Bedtime Stories, why is this the popular one? Why is this the number one? I never understood it, but now I love that song more than anything and i i can't imagine a world without take a bow so that that that's the collaboration i i would have liked to see more of i know that recently tony braxton and babyface did an entire album of duets why can't madonna do that with him <laughs> with babyface yeah with babyface kenny edmonds for all you logos yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would have to say, I th- I mean, I love Take a Bow as well. That's definitely one of, I mean, such an amazing song and video. And um, I love that collaboration with them. And then yeah, I think maybe my my only other one would probably be Love Song with Prince, just because that was always just a standout track for me when I heard it. But none of the, like, and again, like I said, all of the earlier collaborations, they just made sense. Yeah. Everything from Hard Candy on, it just sounds like we just plunked them in, which is why... I'm, you know, 
I have never been happy with her collaborations and why I want less collaborations and more Madonna. Um, just because I think, I mean, have we had one album since Hard Candy that hasn't had a collaboration? No, we haven't. And, you know, even talking about the ones that we liked from her proper albums, I like, I, I have really strong opinions about some of the one-offs that she did that were not included in her albums. I feel like some of them are even better than the ones that are on her album. Like, uh, for example, Be Careful With My Heart, that was supposed mm-hmm. to be for Ray of Light, but her and Willie Morbick rewrote it to include on Ricky Martin's album. Um, I think that's a great song. And, you know, that all kind of started at backstage at an awards show as well. You know, he did the cup of life and blew everybody away and she was there and she's like, I want to work on a song with you and suck the life out of your body, you know? (laughs) And there it was, you know, there was uh, Madonna with a new single on Ricky Martin's album. It was released as a single in Latin America and I think it did really well there. As it should. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, because so the, I mean, there's a laundry list of other songs that she's sort of like made appearances on, you know, like I, I know you were very excited about one in particular. Which one is that? So this was um, a project by Was Not Was. For those of you that don't know, Was Not Was was, haha, <laughs> Was Not Was Was. Uh-huh. Kind of like a, a production project. Don Was and I think one of his brothers, um, they would, you know, produce different tracks, um, different kinds of genre, uh, different vocalists. Uh, They had a number one song in the mid 80s called Walk the Dinosaur, which is ridiculous. And the video is unwatchable, but it was a big hit. But they also had like a house hit that was a big club hit called uh, Spy in the House of Love. But anyway... Before Madonna had recorded her first album in 1982, um, she auditioned uh, her vocals for the song they wrote called Shake Your Head. Uh, She recorded the whole song. They did not end up using it. Years later, um, Ozzy Osbourne re-recorded the vocals to the song, and they included Kim Basinger on those vocals, too, because Madonna wouldn't sign off for that in 1991. But... Somehow, uh, mysteriously, there were bootleg 12 inches that came out uh, kind of around the time of erotica. And it was the dub version of the song with Madonna's original vocals remixed by Steve Silk Hurley. They're on YouTube. They're very interesting. She sounds great. It's her uh, first album voice, you know, uh, as she would herself call it, Minnie Mouse on Helium. Mm. And, you know, for those of you that, you know, love Madonna history, this is a great artifact from that era. You know, she had a lot of really crazy collaborations at that, at the, you know, the first onset of her career. When she was dating Jellybean, he was in the midst of remixing songs for everyone that was coming up. And it was that band, Naked Eyes, had a, their second single, Promises, Promises, and the 12-inch version. In the breakdown, Madonna does a voiceover, and it's amazing. And if you haven't heard it, run and listen to it now. Also, because... well, after 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 the podcast, listen oh, yeah. to it after the podcast. Yeah, please. Or take take a break, listen to the song, and then come back to the podcast. Right, and then as a result of working with Patrick Leonard in True Blue and Like a Prayer, I guess he coaxed her into working on other other projects he was you know involved in. Like for example, he produced he he wrote and produced um, an album for Peter Cetera, 
And Madonna sings backup vocals on a song called Scheherazade, and she sounds great, and it's very unexpected. Also, Marilyn Martin, who was a vocalist in the 80s, who had a number one hit with Phil Collins, she sang backup on a few songs on Like a Prayer, and then on her album, her solo album, which I think it's, it's, it's on iTunes, she has a song that Madonna wrote and sings backup on as well. So, yeah, check those out. And, you know, it's very interesting because it's very specific to that era. And when I hear these songs, I always have to ask myself, like, what was she thinking? Not like, what was she thinking? This is terrible. But what was, what was going on, you know, in her career? What was going on in her mind when she decided to work on these projects? And, you know, a lot of it has me thinking that she, these were all her original projects and she kind of gave them to other people. Yeah, I always looked at those early collaborations. You know, like if you look at um, Sidewalk Talk yeah. with Jelly Bean, or if you look at like Each Time You Break My Heart but with Nick, Nick Kamen, Kamen like, those are the things where I feel like she sort of did that as a favor to them. Yes. You know, so it's she was like, all right, I recognize that I'm a, I'm the name. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw them a bone, and mm-hmm. it'll be. I'll do backup vocals or here, you can just have the whole song, you know? Uh, and that's sort of, you know, it's, it's just like helping people out basically. She, um, she recorded a, a full length version of sidewalk talk and it's never been heard by the public. I would love to hear that one day. I think it would be, I think it would be great. I mean, cause that song was, everywhere. Oh, it would be heaven. That's yeah. a great song. And if mm-hmm. it was just her, that would be perfect. Also, another one that came out after that time was uh, Get Over by Nick Scotty, who was a male model turned crooner, which is preposterous. But yeah, aren't they all? Aren't they all? Nick Kamen was also a model turned singer. And, you know, see how well that turned out. Yeah. Where are they now? (laughs) But Get Over was a really good song. The version that was on his album, it was, uh, yeah, the second song on his. I remember buying that. I remember going to buy that cassette at the store and um, it was ridiculous back in the day when you would go buy a full album just for one song and every song yeah. sucked except for that one. <laughs> it was also in the movie Nothing But Trouble, which was a terrible Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Demi Moore film, if you can imagine that. But the version, the version on that album that appears on the soundtrack that's on iTunes is unlistenable. It's like a weird remix that makes no sense. And you can't really hear her backup vocals, but that's also a really good song that I think I'd love to hear the original version with her full vocals on. You know, there's somebody out there who has that. Mm -hmm. If there are any collectors, (laughs) quote unquote, Madonna collectors that I've heard word of who are listening to us, please contact us. Yeah. I'd love to, I'll come visit you at your house. That way you're not emailing things. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, just invite me over for a listening party so I can hear some of these treasure troves. Exactly. Lend us, not give us. That's what yeah. I... <laughs> um, Also, oh, let's not forget about Just a Dream, Donna DeLore. Oh, who could forget? <laughs> that was supposed to be on Like a Prayer. Oh, and she gave it to... To Donna. Yeah, she was very gracious about giving Donna a song, and she even offered to sing back up on it. <laughs> She's a giver, that one. Oh, she just gives until it hurts, doesn't she? <laughs> I mean, then, you know, like, 
I think there was some other, like, you know, obviously there's Britney's Me Against the Music, which was a very big duet for the two of them. I think it was more helpful for Madonna than it was for Britney. Oh, well, uh, you, you know, know, that song was also one of those backstage at an awards show, uh, you know, confrontations where she's like, hi, Britney, come with me. I need to talk to you. And the next <laughs> thing you know, Britney's signing away her lead single and adding Madonna to the songwriting credits and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Madonna probably just told her the Brittany, this is what's going to happen yeah. and you're going to do it. And Brittany's just like nodding. Okay. 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 Brittany's like, y'all, that sounds really cute. And, um, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, Madonna's, you know, in her video and all over that song, which, you know, if you hear the original version, which is available out there, where it's Britney just singing by herself, it it's really funny how Madonna shoehorned herself into this this track. I like that Madonna sort of does some Britney Britneyisms mm-hmm. in the song. You know, like Madonna very much adapted herself to fit in Britney's world, as opposed to the other way around, where I feel like sometimes she, Madonna makes people fit into her world, but. Um, yeah, that's sort of, when I listen to that song, I'm always thinking Madonna really must have felt she needed mm-hmm. this boost from Britney, which is weird to think that, you know, Britney Spears was around because of Madonna, but then Madonna then, needed Britney to help elevate her. Yeah, Madonna said to Britney, he's like, ah, I need a piece of that before you... Yeah, you know. yeah exactly. So another um, another unexpected collaboration was on the Rain single from the Erotica album, and that's Madonna featuring Everlast on the Waiting remix. Oh, yes. Remember Good that? Good call, Tony. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that one. Don't you remember Freaky Like a Friday, Naked on the Highway? No, you're going my way. <laughs> no, I, ha- I had forgotten about that. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, good, good, good call on that one. I don't think that's out there on the... Uh... It's not uh, you know, streaming, the, the, but it's on the I physical it's, CD. It's, it's the, the streaming service is punishing us. They're yeah. not. They're not uh, but um, here's a call to Warner Brothers I, Records. Let's release all of the CD singles. You know, CD singles, that's redundant. The, uh, you know, <laughs> let's release all of the 12-inch albums that Madonna released for all her, you know, songs. And let's get those streaming because they're, they're very important. And there's some really good stuff in there. Well, I just, I mean, I know that streaming doesn't really benefit artists a lot because of the amount of money that they make. I mean, it's peanuts. It's nothing. Yeah. But I still feel like as far as awareness for an artist goes, I mean, streaming services are as how people are going to discover a lot of songs. And if those songs that, you know, like built her career aren't on there and aren't available. I mean, even some of the regular albums are a mess on the streaming albums, you know, like the, the remastered versions. Oh, it's just, they're tra- it's terrible. It's tragic. I mean, I, I, I lean too heavily on Spotify to listen to her albums because I haven't physically put her music on my phone. And it's terrible to listen to the earlier albums. That I've actually did. been starting to do that since we started this podcast project. I've been uploading from my files, you know, the songs, the way that I want to hear them and non-album tracks and remixes. And, you know, that way I can get more of like a complete picture um, as opposed to what you know, Apple Music is giving me and yeah. not giving I me. I, I need to do that too, just because there's a lot of like demos and unreleased tracks mm-hmm. that like, I miss Liquid Love, you know, I'm sorry to say, I just, I, <laughs> I don't, I miss, I miss being able to listen to that and, you know, some, uh, well, and 
the original demo of Wash All Over Me, the Avicii version. I missed the that. The original demo of Illuminati and Rebel Heart. Those are great. Yeah, those are great. I mean, it's just a lot of like some of those demo on, or just like a, a, someone had recorded audio at the MDNA <laughs> Philadelphia show that I went to, and I had I, I some you know they had it online, and I I have it, and I it's not on my phone, so I can't listen to it, and I just and I like to listen to that audio for two reasons one because it puts me back at the show when i was there you know mm-hmm. i'm like oh this is the show that i was i was at this is the exact things that she said to me and the second part is because all of her tour audio since sticky and sweet have become so overproduced oh yeah that i it, it's almost unlistenable i can't listen to it's like she's <laughs> I mean, God bless Madonna. But you, you know she's sitting there at the at, in the editing of that tour video. She's saying, now make the crowd really loud here. And now make it loud here. And I'm like, no, just let it be organic and natural. And, and how but whoever produced the audio for Confessions tour should just do the audio for all of it. Because it was amazing. That's just how I want all of her tours to sound and she refuses to give it to us. Well, you know, Madonna's back to her old tricks because if you go on YouTube and look at the Eurovision performance, it sounds very different from... Oh, my God, flawless. (laughs) uh, Flawless, you would never know. Oh, and actually, funnily enough, thank you for bringing up Eurovision. No, it's so So much... It's more of that magic that she's been alluding to the last year, you know? (laughs) Magically, her voice corrected itself between the live airing and... And when it's popped up on YouTube. It's almost like when, you know, she's running down the base and, oops, her bosoms fall out, you know? (laughs) It's one of those things. A happy accident, if you will. Well, so uh, my friend Rob, he forwarded me a link. There's a woman, uh, she's like called vocal coach reacts. Have you you seen this woman on YouTube? It's basically some, she's some British. Yeah, I haven't clicked on it yet. Should I? Well, it's funny to hear or watch her watch the performance. So basically, if you don't know who who she is, listeners, there's a British woman. She's a vocal coach, and she watches singers' performances, and she critiques them from a vocal coach standpoint. So it has less to do with what they're doing in the performance visually and mostly just to do with how are they sounding. If they're an artist and they're singing on stage what does their live voice sound like? And so she watches Madonna at Eurovision and she does it in two parts. She separates like a prayer from future. And she is, I mean, she's not doing it out of hate. You know, she's mostly just sort of trying to critique this. And she says that she's a Madonna fan and has been for years. And she champions Madonna as an artist. But the things that she was saying kind of sound sort of like on point and true. The biggest takeaway was when she was listening to like a prayer, she thought this sounds like somebody who isn't taking care of her voice. And Mm. that sort of made me sad because I felt like, you know, you've seen Madonna do a lot of vocal lessons. I think in I'm going to tell you a secret, you get to see her doing that. And obviously, you know, she had throat issues, you know, when she was doing Blonde Ambition. So you see her with her doctor and that for truth or dare. She but doesn't I want to live off like, camera. Yeah. Why do anything when it's, when it's off camera? What, what other reason is there in life? Um, 
but yeah, I was just sort of, it was sort of heartbreaking to sort of hear a vocal coach sort of talk about her in that way where I was like, Oh God, is that really what's going on here? You know? And, um, uh, and who knows? I mean, she, again, she's just basing it off of what she, her gut reaction, what she's listening to. Um, but yeah, she, she did not give a thumbs up to the live audio for like a prayer for future. She just basically, she's, she's siding with you there. She just mm-hmm. thinks it's a miss. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I mean, anyone that watches Madonna content on YouTube, it's going to be recommended for you. So I'm sure you've seen it. Um, yeah. So in the 90s, she had these really weird um, features or collaborations, if you will. She uh, she did a song with Joe Henry on a... I love that song. Yeah, Guilty by Association. Gu- she sounds That's so, so good. beautiful. And it's she sounds sweet and she sounds longing. It's very live to tell, I would say, the, the way her voice sounds. And this was during a particularly dry Madonna era. It was after Bedtime Stories, but before Evita. So when it showed up, it was, it was so, I don't know, it was very rare. It was, it was I don't know, kind of like a diamond in the rough, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she also, you know, when after Erotica, actually after Justify My Love, um, Madonna decided that she sounded really good when she talked. So... Um, you know, she was indulged by uh, featuring in the Il Postino, the po- the Postman soundtrack, reciting poetry by Pablo Neruda. It's actually quite beautiful to listen to, but it's you're also scratching your head. It's like, why would Madonna just recite a poem with, you know, a little bit of music in the background? And she did the same thing on a Deepak Chopra album. If Album is a strong word. It's it's differently. It's it's like a, a collection of tracks with this very um, sensual, influenced by Enigma kind of music. It's almost kind of gross. And then he's got uh, different actors or musicians doing voiceover of um, poems by Rumi, the Persian poet who wrote about love. So you get Demi Moore and Deborah Winger just like breathlessly talking, you know. And then you've got Madonna, who's also guilty of breathlessly, you know, just, you know, just being erotic and and, just intoning and evoking. And it's funny. You have to listen to them if you haven't. I think Bittersweet, the Deepak Chopra thing is on iTunes. I think I've heard it there. But of course, I also have the CD because when I first found out about it, I had to go out and buy it. I think I bought it at Borders. (laughs) <laughs> oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Borders. R.I.P. Borders. You provided us with so much Madonna stuff. They carried um, imports there too, which was great. I uh, got a lot of really great stuff there. So we talked about Bjork and Tupac as well, and. You know, started... love, yeah, and, and the Joe Henry one, I definitely love Guilty by Association. I love how it's her brother-in-law. And, well, they still work together. I think he did a, a current song on, I think he helped write one of the songs on uh, Madame X. Well, she she repeats some of the lyrics from Don't Tell Me on... Oh, is that why he's getting credit? Future, now? so I think that's why he's getting credit. Although I hope oh. there's something else, but... I thought there was. I mean, I could be wrong, but... Um... Yeah, that's hey, good for Joe Henry if she she 
says a couple lines from a song he helped write her uh, you know, years ago, and now he's getting money from it again. So I feel like this is a really good business opportunity for Joe Henry, and he doesn't turn it down when it comes up every few years. Hell no! Yeah, I mean, please <laughs> let me let me write a couple lyrics on a on, like one little line of lyric in a song, and let me you know my little money my checks every month when the, the... when the money keeps rolling in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So Evita comes up and that's, you know, those are, you know, like you say, it's, you know, she's in the movie, she's singing duets with people, but it's also not her album. Right. And, you know, we kind of touched on her collaboration with Massive Attack. Um, I feel like that and Bedtime Story happened because of her connection with Nellie Hooper, who started out with Soul to Soul, and he's a great producer. He moved on to working with Massive Attack and just kind of creating this whole mid-90s British sound that I love more than life. And yeah, he, you know, he produced a lot of songs on Bedtime Story, and as a result, his work with Bjork brought those two together, and Bedtime Story was the, the result of that. And then the I, magical result. It's a great song. Great song. It kind of ushered Madonna into a new era of electronic music, which I'll always applaud. And then there was a I Want You, which was going on a Marvin Gaye tribute album. And also on something to remember, and that was produced by Massive Attack. And it's also a new sound from Madonna at the time and very, very well done. Yes, actually. And speaking of um, new sounds, um, I wanted to mention recently on her Instagram, uh, she's been, you can tell she's in the throes of workshopping the Madame X tour Mm -hmm. uh, because she's been posting a lot of her stories from that. And I'm seeing a lot of live instruments. There's, uh, there's, like live real instruments, you know, like there's that group of women playing like like a lot of drums, like, like hand percussion. Uh, looks like there's a lot of interpretive dance moves um, that I think basically what she's showing us in these clips is this is not your average Madonna show, people. We are not getting those big bombastic... Uh, stadium shows we are she's doing something different that's for sure so uh oh god i hope so because this show hasn't even been devised and you know concepted you know beyond what we've seen but it's already like working my nerves you know it's like just get on the road lady just do it i mean it's good to see that you know she's because she's not planning to hit new york until september and uh that's a good couple of months away you know she's She's putting in the work. I mean, if they're workshopping now, obviously the tour work, you know, she's, that's what she's doing this summer, you know, mm-hmm. June, July, and August, uh, she's going to be putting that show together. And, uh, I'm curious to see what it all comes out. I'm curious to see what she does as a set list. You know, I think the set list is always make or break with her shows. It was, um, one of the reasons why I always loved drown world tour because I felt like, you know, she had had such a break between touring and then there was like all these new songs. So I'll be curious to see what old songs she fits into this and 
how they how she reworks them, you know. And, uh, but yeah, anyway, sorry, I just I digress. I, no, I that's... wanted to. I wanted to talk about new sound and I was like, I have a, uh, you know, like, I mean, if she's doing theater shows, a full band. Yeah. Is it exactly. Is there going to be an orchestra in the orchestra pit? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, why wouldn't she, if she's doing theater shows, I could see her sort of like, you know, it'll be sooner or later at the Oscars all over again. I hope so. (laughs) Chuck that earring into the audience, Madonna. Yeah, because every every venue that she's playing for this tour is a full-on opera house slash theater, so there is a pit, and I think that'll be really interesting. I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, why you know, like if, if or even if she does stuff like puts the orchestra on stage with her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sort of like really make it obvious, and I mean that would be fun to sort of yeah. see her with a live orchestra. Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Missy Elliott in this conversation. Yo, 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 who that be? <laughs> Missy in the MIC. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I know. I, 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 did, I did think about mentioning that one as well, but technically that was like... Well, there was... Was that remix revisited and... But there was something, something before other. that, though. Don't forget the American Life Missy Elliott remix, the Madonna exclusive... Featuring Tweet, please tell me you know that. Oh my God, I don't know if I know this. Okay, so what? The, oh, so the American Life CD single uh-huh. features the you know the the lead remix by Paul Oakenfold, and then there's you know the Missy Elliott remix featuring Tweet, and it's a complete reworking of the song, and it's Missy rapping on it, Tweet moaning on it, and it's. Yeah, you have to hear it. It's. I think I blacked that. I think I blocked that out from my mind. I, I must have heard it, but I mean, when American Life was released, American Life the single was not one of my favorite Madonna songs. Oh, I see, was sort I of annoyed it. at her. I loved it. I was annoyed at her for rapping, and I just, I just didn't really want to have to do with it. So maybe when the remixes came out, I was just kind of like, "You're dead to me," and I just moved on. But yeah, from a. I, 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 shall, I shall look those up as well. Yeah, and because one good turn deserves another, Missy showed up on Into the Hollywood Groove, which was abysmal. Well, that was that was for Gap. That was for Gap. That was a cash-in. And that, she that's all, all that was. That's yeah, all that was. That's all that was. And then there was also her appearance on the VMAs where Madonna made out with Britney and Christina. And you know, that... Missy. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't make out with Missy Elliott. No, maybe backstage. Now that would have made some headlines. I don't know. Maybe Tweet didn't, you know, put the kibosh on that whole idea. He's like, Missy, stay far away. Because <laughs> we're waiting in a pool full of collaborations. As far as Madame X is concerned, I think we've heard most of them so far. There's a couple, maybe three or four more left on the album, but I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the record and the songs that are just her on her own. Yeah, I am too. That's, I really want to just sort of hear just Madonna. I, just, I you know, I really want to hear like, and hopefully not too much vocoding on all of those. Um, or if it's used, it's, it's used wisely, you know, like some of the vocoding we've heard already, like on future, it was a little extreme. It's a little heavy on that, but that's what you hear, you know, and that's what you expect when you, she's working with Mirwais. When I heard she was working with Mirwais, that's all I thought was, I'm like, well, we're going to get some vocoding on it. You know, that's comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. So, wow, I think that's all the time we have 
for now. Uh, Stefan, you'll be back in New York next week, and we'll... Oh, don't remind me. (laughs) And we'll be back with a new episode from the library, and I'm thinking we're going to talk about Madonna's film career next week. Ooh, shall we dive into those movies? uh, There's, like the collaborations, there are many movies to discuss. (laughs) Some of them have Madonna music, and some of them, sadly, don't. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to cover there. Some highs and some very low lows. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. But yeah, check this out wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe, rate and review. Send us your gripes, suggestions, comments. You can link to us for you know all our social media via our website, which is mlbcpodcast.com. And until next time, see you guys. Thanks. See ya.